Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. The facts, Danny, are that most kids see porn eventually. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's earlier and earlier. And as a parent, that is such a hard thing to confront, to deal with, to mop up after, to have that conversation. Uh, I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, head of Focus on the Family's parenting department. Kids get hooked on porn in a lot of different ways. Even caring, uh, protective parents get bypassed in this process. Mm -hmm. The enemy is using porn. And this is going to sound a little different to somebody, I'm sure, but how do we make sexuality a part of our everyday conversation with our kids, age appropriate, of course, Mm -hmm. so that when they're exposed to porn, we can actually have a good conversation, a productive one with them? Yeah, uh, pornography is is an interesting topic with, with parents talking that through because the starting point is foggy. We assume that pornography... Uh, begins with seeing a, a certain picture. And it's actually, sometimes that's how it happens, but it can be uh, other events leading up to that. And the way to uh, enter the conversation before it takes place is to begin talking about the beauty of how God has created sexuality. And in Scripture, it talks about knowing someone to a deep level. What a joy that is. What does that mean that God has said that through a sexual relationship, one knew another person. Mm-hmm. And, and that is reserved for a very special moment. And we can't, our brain does not have the capacity to have multiple partners. And it's shown even through science mm-hmm. that certain chemicals are released to create a bond that is very deep. And so if you picture a sticky note, right, uh, and you keep pressing it on things, it'll lose its stickiness. And so for kids to understand that the sexuality is something that we contribute to another person, it's a, it's a contribution to our relationship and attachment with mm-hmm. someone else. It's not something where you have sex, right? That's the that's you're the, that's the general presumption about what sex is. Right. I'm having it, but you're saying I'm knowing another person and I'm uh. bringing a gift. And we we we've talked about the word presence here before, and the word presence is related also to the word present, which means a gift. Hmm. And to be present with someone else sexually means your mind is there. And that's the battle where pornography, culture is trying to win because the actions follow our perceptions and our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so as parents, we get to have that conversation early and begin to present the full picture so they know the truth and they can see the true or fake. Mm. That is uh, really insightful, and we're going to hear now some more great perspectives on this topic about teaching our kids about uh, healthy sexuality. Author Josh McDowell spoke to Focus President Jim Daly and me. Let's go ahead and listen in. I never knew your children could become your heroes in life. Wow, that is well said. My five greatest heroes, and I know everybody in the world, kings, print, everything. My five greatest heroes is my wife, Dottie, my three daughters, and my son. And what is weird, I said this to the other day, we have, every Sunday night, we have family night. Everyone comes together, we have a big banquet, and we talk and (laughs) share and everything. When I'm on the road, I Skype. When Sean's on the road, he Skypes. And I said, honey, this is kind of weird. So what do you mean? said, our children are raising our grandchildren exactly the same way we raised them. And I said, I don't know how this is possible, because Sean just said some things to my 12-year-old grandson 
things that I said to him when he was 10, 11, 12 years old. And I said, how does he even remember that? It was on some principles of parenting. And I guess God, the Holy Spirit, has a way of embedding things into our children's fabric of their very being at a very young age. Well, and that's a wonderful thing to remember. Uh, it's not so much what you say, it's what you do that kids see in their parents, right? And that's well, either going to be hypocrite. <laughs> what you say better back up yeah. with what you do. Correct. I mean, that is so true. Or you true. will be a big hypocrite. Yeah. yeah. And that's wonderful that your kids caught that and they're uh, applying those great lessons now. That's wonderful. And by the way, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> We're kind of into it pretty deep already. Um, it is amazing how God used uh, you to touch so many lives over the years. We were just talking about that. I went to KC83, which was a campus crusade event back when I was in college. And uh, you organized that, as you informed me. And you have been doing it for 55 years, Josh. Um, that is inspiring. Thank That's you. That's a long time. No, <laughs> but you still, you have such vitality, such youthfulness, and, you know, your attitude and your desire to help kids particularly. I know even when you write a book like this, 10 Commitments for Dads, it's really about the kids for you because well, you yes. want the kids to grow up with parents who know God. Over the years, we've done, our ministry's done five major youth campaigns, like the Why Wait campaign, et cetera, and sexual purity and all, right from wrong campaign on how to make right choices. But in every campaign we've ever done, we've always had a major parenting track. Because if you do not help parents, you're spinning your wheels with young people. All we can say is we've amen. We've got to help <laughs> Parents. Yes. Yeah. It's and the key. That's why majority of my books are written to parents, not kids. Yeah. But it's for the benefit oh, that's of the right. children. And yeah. that's what I love. Now, Josh, with regard to dads, uh, I think it's important for people to understand that, like me, you didn't have a great role model there. Uh, we both had fathers who were alcoholics. And you experienced a lot of pain growing up in a hostile environment. And so often, people that are struggling in life, maybe that 20 or 30-something, they think their parents had it better than they do. And we're here to say, in fact, no, we didn't. The only thing we have is Jesus Christ, who is guiding us and helping us to be a better dad. Would you say that's fair? Oh, absolutely. This is why in the book here on Ten Commitments of a Dad, one of the things we have to do is model in a love for our children's mother or a wife for our children's fathers. We need to model huh. that kind of love that is accepting unconditional love based upon God's grace and forgiveness, where our children feel free to come to us, especially today in the area of pornography, they feel free to come to us with any, any question without any fear of shame, judgment, or starting to quote the Bible. Well, Why is it so difficult, Josh, for us as Christian parents to exhibit that kind of unconditional love? We talk about it. We can spell it. But so often in the Christian community, we can't do it. I think there's two reasons. One, the way our Christian young people in evangelical homes are taught about sexuality. They're not taught it in the beautiful way it is described in Proverbs and, a marriage and gift. Uh, uh, the Song of Solomon and all, yeah. of the beauty of God's creation and purpose of sex. They don't have a healthy view of the originality hmm. of sexuality. And that's one of the reasons why so many of our Christian young people are turning pornography, because if you don't have a concept of the original, it's hard to detect a counterfeit. Yeah. And so that's one reason. The other is... They never had a model of it. I mean, the only way I was able to become a model, which is so strong in the book that we're talking about today, that you must be a model in it, yeah. is that 
I looked at other men, Dick Day, Paul yeah. Lewis, Jim Simpson, became models of me of what it means to be a man who loves a woman and a father who spends time with his children. And I became, I think, quite a good father and a loving husband because of watching others who modeled it for me. No, that's good. I mean, that's the and, way it should work, right? Oh, with my, my daughter, we have four kids, and our youngest was adopted. If we were young, we'd adopt three or four more. I don't know what life would be like without Heather. And um, I was doing a fundraiser for our ministry in um, Carlsbad, California, and she was a student at Biola, was going down to uh, Tijuana to work in an orphanage that she and some other students helped with. And she stopped, and she in my second talk, she had to leave partway through it. And when I, when I walked over, there was a note she'd left me on the table. And I sat down. There were about 60, 70 businessmen there and all. And I read, and I just started crying just profusely. And I thought, what happened? Is just going through a divorce or what? And on the note, my daughter wrote, Daddy, do you realize when I was a little girl, I always wanted Jesus to be just like you. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I couldn't hold it back. It's the most what beautiful thing I've ever read from anyone in my whole life. And then when I wrote the book, what's it called? Straight Talk With Your Children About Sex, meaning the age of the internet sure. and uh, pornography. And I sent a cameraman around, a videographer, to each one of my children's home because I share a lot of personal stories. And, you know, you can exaggerate without realizing it. Sure. And I really wanted them to be true because they're so good, I don't have to exaggerate them. <laughs> and so one of the questions was, when was the first time your father ever talked to you about sex? Mm. And my three daughters and my son would answered, I don't know. He always did it at breakfast, <laughs> at lunch, at dinner, on the way to church, on the way back mm. from church, on the way to a ball game, on the way to a movie, on the way to school. And what they were saying is it was just a part of our natural conversation. Sure. And then the question, oh, what was your greatest motivation to stay pure? This is what I deal with in this book, Ten Commitments of a Dad. What was your greatest motivation to stay pure? And my four children all answered, because I always wanted what my father has with my mother, mm. and it's worth waiting for. Wow. And they saw it and they could feel it. Uh, but they had to know about it. Yeah. That's why we, I would always Experience. tell my kids how much I enjoy right. sex with their mother. They want to know. <laughs> if they don't know about it, they don't know what is causing what you yeah. have. In some kids, that could make them cringe. But <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, but almost every time a kid cringes on a talk about sex, they're saying, tell me more. But it's a beautiful right. story. It is God's wedding gift to that couple. I mean, that's how I've described it to my own children. Wow. And I am trying to encourage them, save that present. I know you like to get up early at Christmas and open those presents as quickly as possible. This is one you want to wait and let God bless you in your marriage and uh, unveil that present at that time. I always said, I got enough baggage in my mind. I don't need any on sexual immorality. <laughs> right, there you go. So Danny, earlier you talked about sexuality as a gift that we give. And of course that came up in the clip here with Josh and Jim. Uh, there is um, a repercussion to having premarital sex. Um, how do we talk about that with our kids? Oh, and in my counseling practice, I've gotten this question asked a lot by young adults that want to justify premarital sex. Yeah. They'll say, hey, in Scripture, it doesn't tell me that I can't have premarital sex. And it doesn't hurt anybody, <laughs> right? There's nothing specific. And yeah. that in, initially, um, my uh, response is to just smile at them because it really comes from a place of wanting to explain something you know is wrong. Mm -hmm. And they know it, right? Because uh, it all, it just, just by the very fact that they look for it in Scripture and we're looking for an answer shows that there's a check in their spirit. Premarital sex scientifically uh, and scripturally 
uh, has shown to, to be damaging to the attachment and to the commitment to the covenant aspect of marriage. It leaves a person uh, in that mindset of passion and, and consumption. And I've heard a lot of young adults say, hey, I, I just kind of want to try it out first, see if it works out. So it's very much about, is this going to work for me or not? Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, what can I do to make it work the best it can with the person I've chosen to be with and that I've promised myself to? and really turns that gift into something even better. And that's what we, we hear about it, the, the, the parable of the talents and other things in Scripture where as we step into God's world and the way He designed things, we see even more given there. Mm-hmm. If we go to that gift early, we, we are left with a lot of thirst and a lot of questions, and we miss out on what God originally intended. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't want us to miss out on that. He's not he trying wants to... a full, rich life for yeah, us. Yeah, He wants the best for us. And He designed sex for us to enjoy, mm-hmm. husband and wife. Well, we happen to have a great new resource called Launch Into the Teen Years. It's a kit that you can use as a parent to have this kind of a kind of challenging, sensitive conversation with your child as they hit the teen years. It addresses a lot of different issues that you need to know about and that you can help kind of coach your child through. Uh, Learn more about the Launch Into the Teen Years kit, which does address healthy sexuality and other resources that we have for you. We have articles and other audio about uh, teens and sexuality. We also have Josh McDowell's book, Ten Commitments for Dads, which outlines many of the steps that Josh took to model what being a good dad is for his own kids and helped them in the long run. You can get a copy of that book by making a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to focus on the family today. You can find out how to donate either on the phone or through the website. Uh, Just look in the show notes. And uh, thanks in advance for your generosity. Next time, more from Josh McDowell about being responsible to our kids, not for them. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire parenting team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 